From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. that you have joined us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is bringing a series of studies in the earthly life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, messages that focus on the Savior Himself, as revealed in His teaching and miracles, His atoning death on the cross, and His glorious resurrection. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of Charles Haddon Spurgeon, as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. Our text for this morning comes from 2 Kings chapter 7 and verse 3. Why sit we here until we die? Dear listener, these devotionals were mainly intended for the edification of believers. But if you are yet unsaved, our heart yearns over you, and we would fain say a word which may be blessed to you. Open your Bible and read the story of the lepers, and mark their position, which was much the same as yours. If you remain where you are, you must perish. If you go to Jesus, you can but die. Nothing venture, nothing win, is the old proverb, and in your case the venture is no great one. If you sit still in sullen despair, no one can pity you when your ruin comes. But if you die with mercy sought, if such a thing were possible, you would be the object of universal sympathy. None escape who refuse to look to Jesus. But you know that, at any rate, some are saved who believe in Him, for certain of your own acquaintances have received mercy. Then why not you? The Ninevites said, Who can tell? Act upon the same hope, and try the Lord's mercy. To perish is so awful, that if there were but a straw to catch at, the instinct of self-preservation should lead you to stretch out your hand. We have thus been talking to you on your own unbelieving ground. We would now assure you, as from the Lord, that if you seek Him, He will be found of you. Jesus casts out none who come unto Him. You shall not perish if you trust Him. On the contrary, you shall find treasure far richer than the poor lepers gathered in Syria's deserted camp. May the Holy Spirit embolden you to go at once, and you shall not believe in vain. When you are saved yourself, publish the good news to others. Hold not your peace. Tell the king's household first, and unite with them in fellowship. Let the porter of the city, the minister, be informed of your discovery, and then proclaim the good news in every place. The Lord save thee, ere the sun goes down this day. 
indispensable part of the Christian life is daily Bible reading. If you're looking for some guidance in the study of God's Word, we're happy to offer a very helpful but brief brochure entitled Ten Commandments of Bible Study. Prepared by several ministers of the Free Presbyterian Church, including Dr. Alan Cairns, it will help you to gain much blessing from your time in the Scriptures. The method is designed to help believers achieve a comprehensive knowledge of the chapter contents of the Scriptures and to enable them to use that knowledge to guide and quicken them in their personal prayer lives. For a free copy of Ten Commandments of Bible Study, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish to call us, you may phone 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Increase your knowledge of God's Word by requesting your free copy of Ten Commandments of Bible Study. today's edition of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns brings the next portion of a message called Christ in the Valley of Griefs. Descending from the Mount of Transfiguration, Christ found his disciples unable to help a father whose son was demon-possessed. Among the many lessons to be found here, Dr. Cairns has shown, first of all, that Christ entered this valley of grief with his grace and power. Then, by healing the boy, Jesus demonstrated the glory he earned on the mount. In addition, we'll see that the experience of Christ's grace and power are tied to the faith of his people. Jesus told the father of the boy, If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Now Dr. Cairns continues this message, Christ in the Valley of Griefs. J.C. Ryle, the great expositor of the Gospels. If I may put a plug in for a set of books, I would still say, I've said this many times, but I'll say it again. For every family, if you don't possess J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on the Gospels, make sure you buy them. You could not do better than make that your family reading. You could not do better than to get those volumes and just read the Scriptures and read the bishop's comments on them. There'll be little to disagree with, and there'll be much to move your heart. Bless your home and your family. 
But Bishop Ryle makes the point. He was speaking about 19th century England. It's certainly true in America today, given the, the far greater things that Satan is using in our nation, the far worse examples of satanic fury. He's saying there's many a father whose son is in worse condition than this. And he makes the insightful comment how Satan is at work especially to get a grip of our young people. The effort that he's making, the power that he's putting forth, the satanic subtlety that he's exercising to grip young people, and what a grip he gets on them while they're still children. What are you to do? Yes, protect them all you can. Yes, keep out of your home all those hellish influences that are so freely let into too many homes. But most of all, bring them to Jesus. For thank God, here you see the glory of his love and then the glory of his power. For there's nothing too hard for the Lord. Never let us make the mistake that the Syrians once made. You'll read of it in 1 Kings 20, verse 28. They said, He's the Lord, or the Lord is the God of the hills, but He's not the God of the valleys. On that occasion, the Lord proved that He is Jehovah at all times and in all places. Destroyed the Syrians in the plain or the valley below, just as he had done in the hilly regions. That's what he'll do for you and me. He is the same in the valley as in the Mount of Glory. And what he's doing now is that which is the very substance of the glory with which he appeared in the Mount the glory of his mediatorial success that he will manifest to heaven, earth, and hell for all eternity. And then the final thing I'll say is this, that the Lord Jesus promises us the experience of this grace and this power on the condition that we believe. In other words, when he sets forth in these passages of Scripture his glory and then his grace and his power, he's not doing it in order that we may uh, just have points to ponder or that we may have uh, little homiletical points for a preacher to sound good in setting forth or that we may have some theological discussion. That's one of the curses of the church that we have in the day in which we have arrived. We take the greatest things of God and we reduce them to points of discussion. Man, these are things to be experienced. The old Scottish dictum about reformed religion, it is better felt than telt. If all we can do is talk about grace, then we know nothing about grace. 
This is to be experienced. This is to be felt. This is for us to enjoy in our own personal lives. But if we're going to experience the glory of divine grace, then it must be by faith. If we're going to have the power of God delivering us or using us to deliver others, it can only be as we exercise faith in him. Notice the Lord Jesus Christ dealings with the father of this demoniac boy. He says, if thou canst believe. If thou canst believe. That's still true, you know. Now, we'll see in a moment what something about this faith is. This is not make-believe. It's not forced belief. It's not talked-up feelings of belief. This is genuine faith he's talking about. After all, he was talking about a man and talking to a man who was actually meeting with Christ. He was actually spending time in the presence of Christ. He had actually come deliberately seeking Jesus. This is not some charismatic fantasy saying to a world that has no thought of Christ, no love for Christ, no yearning for Christ. If you can make yourself believe... This is not some of this stupidity of getting yourself into some euphoric condition. No, this is something that comes out of a personal, genuine meeting with Christ. And he's saying, if you can believe. That's how you experience the grace of God. Everything in the Christian life is by faith. We live by faith, not by sight. Notice also how he dealt with his disciples. We have read from Matthew 17 because there some of the words that he said are recorded, whereas they're not recorded by Mark. He gives them a lesson upon the lack of faith. This is the reason for your spiritual impotence. This is the reason you're not experiencing the grace and the glory and the power of Christ. Why? Because of your unbelief. Now, if there's one thing in the New Testament that makes me, and I trust makes you, bow your head in utter shame, it's the unbelief of believers. These were believers, but they were full of unbelief. That's our trouble. How does it come about? Well, notice what he said later. This kind cometh not forth but by prayer and fasting. I may come back to that in a moment, but get what he's saying. He had been gone. Not just for a few hours. Remember I pointed out it was a full day's journey to get to the Mount of Transfiguration up to where it was. It was a full day's journey back and whatever time they spent there. And I don't know how long exactly, therefore, they were alone without Christ, physically in their presence. But I wonder, is the Lord Jesus saying that the time I was gone, you were not spending in prayer, you were not seeking God? 
You were living on the, the, the fumes of a past experience. You were living even in the words of an empty orthodoxy. You had the right words, you had the right formulas, you had the right doctrine, you had the right this, the right that, but you were not living in an up-to-date personal praying experience of God. And I want to tell you, my friend, that's, that's the sad situation of many a Christian church and many a Christian minister and many an ordinary believer coming to church, coming and going. My, what do we know of meeting with God? What do we know about it? Wednesday evening at the prayer meeting, I, I don't often have a text in mind. I don't do the prayer meeting much now, so I don't have to have a text in mind. But when I did prayer meeting every week, I, I didn't often have a text in mind when I came to the prayer meeting. Deliberately came asking the Lord just... Let me speak off the cuff and let me have uh, what you want for these people. But before I came, I'd been reading days before a little part in Jeremiah that stuck in my mind. Who is this that engaged his heart to approach unto me? Engaging the heart to approach unto God. That's what I left with the people Wednesday night because that's what the Lord had left with me. Engaging the heart to approach unto God. Let me ask you, who has done that? Who has done it? I don't want to be brutal. If I'm going to be brutal, I'd have to be brutal with myself first and foremost. But let's be honest. It's easier to come to church to sleep through a Sunday morning service than to worship through it. Doesn't matter what a preacher says. If you haven't come to meet with God, you've missed it. You go out. Tell me, have you engaged your heart day by day to approach unto God? Now, there's all the excuses in the world. I'm too busy. You're too busy for God. I mean, what on earth are we saying? It wouldn't make any difference. What? doesn't make any difference whether you're in touch with God or whether you're not. What are we saying? When I pray, nothing happens. Is it much wonder nothing happens? Because of unbelief. And unbelief is directly related, directly related to our failure to spend time with God in His Word and in His presence. The lack of faith. I forget which old preacher it was 
who spoke of churches that were as orthodox as hell, because hell's the most orthodox place outside of heaven in all the universe. You know, there's no atheists in hell. There's no deniers, deniers of the divinity of Christ in hell. If they were that on earth, they changed their minds when they got to hell. There's no disbelievers in the power of prayer in hell. They understand it now, not that they want it, desire it, or have repented, but my, that's an orthodox place. And there are churches that are just as orthodox, but there is nothing of a vital faith that moves mountains, that touches God, that brings us into the experience and the joy and the glory of His grace and power. And yet that's the condition faith believing believing the promise believing the one who made it do you know there's a great encouragement here for the Lord Jesus in talking to his disciples about their lack of faith said that's the reason your unbelief robbed you of this experience but you know there's an encouragement here because if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, the smallest of seeds, you could move mountains. In other words, littleness of faith is no hindrance to Christ. You remember what I said about him responding to the imperfect faith of this boy's father? The Lord Jesus is now using that. And he's saying, look, if you have faith, that man had faith, and yet he said, help my unbelief. That man had an imperfect faith, but he had a real faith. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you'll find that it's not the amount of faith that counts, it's the one in whom that faith resides that counts. The trouble is, this is the lesson we've got to learn. You'll see it in verse 29 of our Bible reading this morning. And if we neglect prayer and become complacent, then we'll not even have a grain of mustard seed faith. Notice the two things, prayer and fasting. Prayer ties us to the Word of God and trusts God and His Word. Fasting is the repudiation of the flesh and submitting everything to the will of God. And that is the way of faith. The Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, founded by Dr. Alan Cairns. Let the Bible Speak is also heard in many parts of the world through the international radio outreach of Let the Bible Speak, produced in Northern Ireland. The Free Presbyterian Church stands without apology for the absolute inerrancy of the Bible, emphasizing preaching that centers on the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ and is militant in its stand against the ecumenical apostasy and the efforts of the world to infiltrate the church. 
For further information about the Free Presbyterian Church, you may email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. You may call us at 864-244-2408. Or you may write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Again, that's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Also, we encourage you to visit the website of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America at www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 